Welcome to Vimon Close-Up, a podcast from Bergen, Norway, with a global perspective on the TV revolution. Our first guest is Christian Bruere, who is part of the founding team, along with Vimon founders, to launch TV2 Sumo here in Norway. TV2 Sumo is indeed one of the world's first OTT services for a national broadcaster, and Vimon was born out of building TV2 Sumo in-house at TV2. Let's jump into our chat with Christian. Just just to give people an idea of when you started with uh, TV2 Sumo and, and what exactly, what state it was in. Um, can you just describe a little bit your journey with TV2 Sumo for us, please? Oh, that is a very good and long story. <laughs> we we're have to, time. <laughs> we're trying to make it short. No, um, my background is actually a journalist. I took TV journalism when I, I started studying. And uh, as a part of my education, I bumped into digital editing using uh, Final Cut Pro and, and Avid. And what time of what, – what year would this be? Take us back. We are now – when I started with Avid Editing in 1998. 98, okay. Uh, and in 2000, I had my, my practical part of, of my education. I took it here at, uh, in Bergen at uh, TV2. And uh, I realized, hey, this is going back to the Stone Age, looking at the old uh, tape uh, editing and uh, uh, copying from one tape to another. Right. That was – I had some experience with it. But that was that was uh, that was the, that was the past. So I started to see, hey, this is the the digital future is coming. Just on from looking from because this is dot com nineties that you're talking about. So you kind of showed up at TV two going, oh my gosh, you guys are still using stone tablets and not aware of the internet technology and how it can be applied. Yeah, but at the same time, TV two was filled up with smart guys, and I think it's it's back in nineteen ninety seven. TV two starts streaming. That is are way ahead of the curve. Yep. And uh, I'm talking video streaming. And But uh, the reason why they did it was to present the news on, the, on their, um, their official website. It was not a service like we know this TV2 Sumo as a SVOD platform today. Mm. So, so this is back in, in the early, early days, as you say, in the dot-com. I jumped on uh, after working as a TV journalist, working in the evening news, my colleagues in the evening news saying, what on earth are you doing jumping onto this internet thing? Video. Who's watching video on the internet? And uh, I certainly had a go on it. So we were put together a great team of, yeah, pioneers, if you look So you were the part of the founding team of TV2 Sumo. Absolutely. Oh. And uh, it was me and Helge and uh, Glenn. Helge and, uh, is the CEO of, of Vimon and Glenn's the CTO of Vimon. And yeah. several other yep. brilliant guys still working at Vimon and, uh, and TV2. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a very experienced team you find here in Bergen. Was that TV2 Interactive? Was that kind of the first name or was that the first group that yeah, you're talking that, about being formed? Yeah, that was, that was the company name that was established in 2000. But before that, okay. before then, they also had right. their in-house um, yeah, online team. So it uh, yeah, was a great past. And what we learned back then, or, or if I'm looking back to what we learned, then, it's like we learned everything. Because you couldn't go out and buy stuff. You couldn't buy program ready with all the license no. you needed. So you were building it as you went. 
Absolutely, you couldn't. And when I'm meaning programs, both TV programs and software, right, right, <laughs> yeah, because uh, you couldn't find any any things, uh, or you find pieces. So you have to integrate. You have to develop your own uh, MAM system. So it was was a huge, huge media yeah. asset management. Yeah, media asset management. Yeah. So uh, so this is uh, this is the whole way of of building. And the cool thing in 2000 when we started a service, we. Uh, we, so TV2 Sumo became available in 2000? In, in 2000, we gathered together a collection of content. So you found one destination to go and consume video only. Online, for On, free. For free. And the name of the service was Freedom. And I think it's a very, very good, it's not only a good name, it's also a good description of what we were actually offering. We were offering freedom to the users to see what you want, when you want. That, and I think that is the OTT of today. That is the t- shift in people's mindset. It's mm. like you can, you can now choose. You're not a slave to the Too linear system. Too much choice, I would argue. But we'll come back to that in a second. So, but but um, I frankly didn't realize that you were part of that absolute founding group. That's that's fantastic. And so from that 2000 when Freedom uh, was pioneered by by you and, and the boys at Vimond, um, uh, when did it? become an actual paid service from what what year was it that i had to give up my credit card to pay yeah and this is also being introduced a little bit bits and pieces but the big bang is actually in 2002 okay we acquired the rights for the uh, the national football league actually together with nrk which is the state broadcaster here in yep. norway and uh, so we we put together a service on our own or together, actually. Yeah. Uh, but there were NRK and TV2 used the Those same sports service. rights you thought were absolutely vital in order to start getting people to pay, yeah. what, was it 99 kroner a month back then? Oh, or? the pricing. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, Whatever it was. Yep. Okay. So in 2002, with those rights acquired and mm-hmm. debuting that, that broadcast, that's when people, you started. Ab- absolutely. That, that is the introduction of, of, uh, of payment uh, and uh, subscription was very early uh, part of the uh, – And what was the adoption like? What was the response? This was the only way to watch many of the matches. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> of course, a lot of people didn't know what broadband actually were. So they still used uh, dial-up connections to try to watch and, yeah <laughs> – the video compression was not the same as we had. Uh, we have now the uh, the quality of service, the adaptive streaming, all these kind of things that is very crucial to, li- to deliver video. Yeah. So, of course, patience. And so, you uh, use the phrase "big bang," which I liked. What are the other sort of big bang, major milestone moments as you look back now on that entire evolution of TV2 Sumo from then, from those first sports rights that I had to pay for to now? Can you kind of? Uh, reach one, back into the recesses of your memory and give uh, us a bit one of a of, One of the funny things we did back in 2000 was that we were focusing on original programming only for the, uh, for the web. So we were building our own shows. Wow, when we cut When we cut that, that was a very important thing, that we started using the high-quality programming came ah. coming out of TV2. And uh, we, in 2003... We uh, have introduced payment for more or less all the content, including the news. Yep. This is in 2003 when the Iraqi war is on. And we had actually paid a service when the, um, for the, those news as well. Mm. And people started realizing that to get the high quality, both news, entertainment and the sports, 
they could start paying. The rest of the world were looking at us at that moment. So, uh, so we were invited to a lot of different conferences to talk about it. People didn't understand how on earth we can make money of it. So, um, and uh, one of the other important milestones after we introduced our own shows is like, how can we get hold on more rights that people relate to TV2, like the Hollywood rights? Mm. So in 2005... Or take rights yeah. that you already have and extend them, if you like. Yeah. And, mm. yeah, so so in so 2005 and so on, we started acquiring rights. And I think we are uh, one of the very, very first deals for some really major... Hollywood studios mm. that put their content out for uh, for web. So how many subscribers are we talking about in 2003, 2004 when the rest of the world's watching? A couple of 10,000. Yeah. So uh, so compared to uh, to the households in Norway it's 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 not very so huge what? but uh, at the same time it's it's bigger than news online newspapers today. At the same time we are acquiring the Hollywood rights. We are also having a big effort in trying to get into the big screen, meaning the big screen, not the cinema screen, but the, the living room, mm. taking the steps away from being a PC only. And we did it for PlayStation Portable. We did it for the very first 3G mobile phones that could um, support video. We did it for IPTV services. And when we started doing this kind of multi-platform thinking, this is in 2005 at the same time, Mm -hmm. we also see a growth. And the growth continues when we we also acquire more content, more sports content. Actually, the sports has been a very important driver. So when when we also see that competitors are coming in, that also helps. You shouldn't be afraid of competition, in at least not in a, in a, in an early growing market. Mm. That could drive the awareness. So, so let me ask: When did you get to hundred a hundred thousand subscribers, hundreds of thousands of subscribers? When did when did we reach that mass? We are at the end of the two thousand, uh, the first two thousands, <laughs> two thousand and nine ten. Yeah, I think we are uh, reaching those goals. Okay. And, uh, hundred thousand plus by two thousand ten. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but the, and the, where so, is TV Two Sumo today? Are they open about their subscriber numbers? They are not open. Okay. They have a they have a decent proportion of the households if you look at the different surveys. So yeah. approximately. One sixth or something like that have. And, a, and what can we say about you know TV Two Sumo's revenue uh, impact on on TV Two? Because you know early days digital, it was just seen as forgive the phrase the redheaded stepchild of media organizations, right? Just yes, digital is coming, but oh my gosh, it's still five percent of advertising revenue or overall revenue. W- what is that today? Do you think just just roughly I, is it twenty eighty? Is it thirty seventy? What I feel as long as I work there that we had to make money before we spent them. So there have always been not a big big pile of money thrown after you. It was like build it, build the economy around it, mm. build. And with that kind of mentality, you also make sure that you take each step at the right time. Or I can't say we did every step at the right time, but then you are not being too bullish and you are uh, – but at the same time, you are you are being focused. But my question yeah. is more like if you think of TV2 as an overall entity – and you look at the digital today versus the linear, what would you guess that ratio of revenue is? And I use the word guess. These aren't official stats. 
My my guess is that still the um, the advertising linear is the uh, main driver. Yeah. And then you you have what's been called the premium, uh, meaning the carriage fee, the TV to sumo selling of uh, sports premium. Yeah. That is the other half. So. So it's a it's a combination of what Sumo is uh, generating. So do you think it's more of a level playing field now between the two? Still, traditional linear is is the the granddaddy. Yeah. But uh, but clearly, TV two Sumo and and digital uh, holds its own now in the media organization in terms of revenue. Absolutely. Okay. It's, uh, it's, so uh, let's fast forward to today. We, we've established that you're as early into this space as anybody. You've been integral to the growth of one of the world's first direct-to-consumer offerings by a, by a commercial television station. But but talk to me today if you were running a development for Vmond or any other vendor for that matter or if you were head of TV2 Sumo in terms of the, the next year to 18 months, what, what do you see as the real challenges? Or if you had an unlimited budget and resources, what would you be launching uh, to stay competitive? One of the most important thing is to provide quality. I think uh, meaning quality is like quality content, of course, but the, the quality of the deliverance is very, very important. If you fail, and say, for instance, a service like TV2 Sumo or any other who are providing sports rights, when you have this kind of smaller glitch, that could really, really... Describe a small glitch. It could be that uh, a platform, one of your... Uh, like you're not getting the signal. Yeah. For whatever... Well, yeah, or, or it freezes yeah. and you have to kind yeah, of... Yeah, Might not affect everybody because there are different uh, distribution techniques. There are different sure. screens, everything. Say, but say, for instance, the mobile version of your... Or your Apple TV version of your, of your delivery is being cut out for a minute or yeah. two. You really, really hear what this is about because people are getting to compare the online streaming, the OTT, with the traditional uh, broadcast. You're absolutely right. I mean, uh, I, I cut the cord downstairs in the house, but my wife insisted that I keep the cord upstairs because uh, the service doesn't always pop on the screen, if you like, and switching between channels can suddenly freeze and have to close back out and come back in whether it's NRK or TV2 Sumo or Netflix or any other experience. So we still maintain a balance right now of a cable and, and having cut. So you're saying what might, might not be the sexiest part of delivery but uh, is absolutely the most important is, uh, is just the robustness um, of the delivery, just the sheer engineering behind the platform. Okay, yeah. what else do you mean? What else are you going to focus uh, you, on? You have to be on as many screen as you at least can afford. What, is, what screens are there today? Give, just list them out for me. You start <laughs> at the smallest one, which is the uh, mo the mobile phone or perhaps the, even the smartwatches soon. So, so it's like the, you have the small yeah. screens. And those screens, they are, of course, uh, tailored to, to show different kind of content. But yeah. are there platforms like major platforms who aren't available? On, I just kind of assumed that. But of course you're available on, quote, unquote, all the screens. Maybe I'm missing some of the screens you're talking about. Absolutely, because it's like uh, you can have a big focus on, say, for instance, your uh, iPhone version and your Android is is like you haven't adapted properly there. Or it could be the vice versa. That is one one way of thinking. Uh, the other, but when I'm talking different screens, it's like when you come up to the connected TV world where you have so many manufacturers of TV, they have their, still their own dif different systems mm -hmm. or some specific uh, tech settings that need to be 
adapted to. And this is one of those things that we really, really saw as one of the milestones I didn't mention earlier, is that when we adapted for the big screen with Yep. With the big TV screen. Big TV screen with the uh, apps for PlayStation, for Apple TV, for Chromecast. Then the viewing figures went up dramatically. Not necessarily – of course, you saw a user uh, that was uh, – the user, the number of users was rising at the same time. But the most important thing was that the viewing time exploded. Mm. People are watching more as the larger the screen gets. Mm. And just think of yourself when you have your mobile phone in your pocket. If you're being a little bit distracted after watching that, you're putting it down again. It's like if, if, if there are you, – you, you are much more impatient. When you turn on your television set, yep. start watching, you suddenly realize, oh, well, I've been watching three episodes of a, of a program. So it's like it, that kind of – viewing habits. So if you are not on the big screen or the big platforms in your home country, because this varies very much. Some yeah. some countries have a huge penetration of Apple TV, like here in Norway. Others doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and uh, here in Norway, we don't have Amazon TV. So, But in the okay. US, that is a big thing. And the I same thing with point. the Roku. And uh, you have Samsung and you have LG, which is a quite large here in this country. So I'm going to raise to you as a consumer. I'm an avid consumer of, uh, of television. Um, in fact, I hardly watch movies anymore. Um, choice. Choice is overrated, in my opinion. I'm, I'm actually very tired of choice. That freedom that you talked about earlier uh, is exhausting it, to the point where I don't watch television, God forbid. I might even read a book instead because I just don't want to face trying to figure out from TV2Sumo or from Netflix or from Apple TV what to watch. Talk to me about choice. That concludes part one of our talk with Christian. In part two, we will delve into the future of OTT. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or your preferred podcast app. Or find out more at vmon.com.